Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pivoted Success Podcast, featuring my co-host, Sean Cochran from TCC Canada, and myself, Jared Goldsmith from ESAC's Virtual Events. At this time, we're very pleased to be welcoming Brian Henry from Quality Entertainment. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Morning, guys. Nice to be here. Thank you. So, Brian, let's begin. Uh, give us a little bit of a background. Who are you? What's Quality Entertainment all about? Well, quality entertainment is in the entertainment business, as uh, the name suggests, and we provide DJ services, live music, photo booths, sound and lighting rentals, uh, game shows, audiovisual equipment, uh, and other rental items. So that's kind of the nature of our business, in person and these days virtual. So, Right. I mean, there's no doubt that everyone you know, in the world has been affected, especially event planners or those in the event industry, weddings in particular. So let's talk about how you personally were affected by COVID, and then we'll talk about how quality entertainment was affected. Well, uh, it was back in March. I was in Myrtle Beach, as I usually am at that time of the year, golfing, enjoying life, and uh, I was watching the news, and, uh, you know, this thing about a pandemic was starting to come up and uh, you know I was watching it on the news for several weeks and then all of a sudden while I'm in Myrtle Beach enjoying my annual golf retreat with my family uh, the news came on saying hey you know things are shutting down in Canada and so I had to get back to Canada as quickly as possible because everything was happening and for me personally with my business everything was shutting down cancellations postponements questions from clients and my office had to deal with that so that was that was quite strange so I had to drive across uh, the US to get back to Canada to rush across the border to figure out what my life was going to be like in this new pandemic world so that's what it was like personally. And then of course, going forward, everything shut down. We were in lockdowns, our clients canceled, uh, postponed, wanted money back. So, you know, the last year has been stressful. Uh, I have to say I have amazing clients, so they've made it as easy as possible on us, but uh, definitely been challenges along the way. So when call email after email, canceling, postponing, postponing, like what did you think the world was falling? Like how how did you deal with that? It was it was difficult because we had never been in a pandemic before as a company uh, and personally. So our clients were getting nervous and they thought, of course, the lockdown was only supposed to be two weeks and then it turned into a month and then it turned into two months. So they thought that they could just push their weddings and their events a little further down the line and, and everything would come back and there wouldn't be a problem. We'd get it under control. But it, we all quickly realized that that's not the case. You know, it was going to be a longer than just a few months. So you know, they were starting to panic and they wanted answers and we couldn't provide them with the information. So, you know, everybody was up in the air. Like, do we tell our clients, yeah, you can push your event from March or uh, April to August and be safe? We didn't know. So it was really a, a different time for all of us, clients as well as suppliers. And um, and so just uh, a, a weird time for us. And, uh, and as things progressed, everybody realized we're going to be here for a little while. So we ended up having to push them to 2021. And we're realizing now in 2021 that we need a little more time. So people who had events in May last year pushed them to May this year. And now we're in a lockdown currently. And now they've had to push them either to the fall or to 2022. So yeah, it's been an interesting time over the last year, but we've had really understanding people and staff and, uh, you know, it's made it a lot easier than it could have been. So, uh, Brian, you mentioned uh, briefly earlier that uh, you're now doing hybrid events or online events. Before the yeah. pandemic, was that something you would have even considered? 
No, um, there wasn't as much of an appetite for our business. We were always known as the in-person specialist for entertainment. Uh, we provided photo booths, sound, lighting, big screens, uh, LCD TVs. We provided technicians on site. We provided in-person game shows, uh, magicians, hypnotists. We provided in-person services and entertainment. So going to virtual doesn't necessarily mean it, you know, you can flick a switch. So it became a lot more difficult for us to just turn to a virtual world. And people didn't know us as being a virtual entertainment company. So it's, you know, people say, hey, let's, change your focus, let's get out there. But if people don't know you to be that, then you gotta spread the word. So we had to get the word out to our clients. We had to redevelop our website. We had to start doing events, posting what we were doing so that people can trust us. And we had to work with our entertainers who had no idea how to do an online event. We had to get them cameras, we had to get them microphones, we had to get them good backdrops. So it was a totally different world uh, once we went virtual. I mean, over the last 10 years, Brian, I've had the chance to work with you and some of your colleagues and, and your peers. Uh, fantastic. I mean, you're known for quality entertainment. It's, it's, it's a perfect name. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. I can only imagine, you know, your, your clients, you uh, having a thousand person conference, a huge wedding, small wedding, doesn't matter. How do you go virtual from that? Well, um, not only were, oh, sorry, you were going to say? I was going to say, you know, that's a great question because our clients are often sometimes the executive assistant in the office. They're not planners. So we deal with a lot of local people that don't necessarily have event planners on staff. So they're asking us questions that we don't necessarily have the answers for early on in the pandemic because we have to learn it. We have to learn the platforms. We have to learn great platforms like Remo. We have to learn how to work in other platforms and how to stream things out to the world and not have buffering issues or copyright issues. So we had to learn all that. And then we had to share that information with our clients. So they had all these questions. We had to learn it. We had to get back to them in a timely fashion. So I'm telling you, both sides were, uh, were understanding, but we both had questions. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, how would you train your staff? Because if you provide the cameras, microphones, so everybody has consistent across the board. Um, so, you know, to have perfect sound, audio and all that, but there's always little glitches. You know, what would a virtual event be without a tiny little glitch here and there? And Absolutely. Um, some We found that some of our entertainers are just not ready for the virtual world. And they've been sitting on the sidelines just because we, we can't teach them or they're not interested. Uh, and we respect that. Um, they're, uh, they're, they just don't have either the, the opportunity to set something up at their house because they live in an apartment. It's just not gonna come across that great. So we ended up having to work with entertainers who were ready for that type of um, you know step up to the virtual world. So there are a few entertainers that are absolutely amazing. They're killing it in terms of providing great service and great on-screen presentations where other people, everything else isn't that great. But we would do uh, meetings, video conferences, and tell them how to set things up. We'd tell them which microphones to buy. We'd, we'd take a look at their backgrounds and we'd tell them, you know, you got to clean that up. And, you know, anything from papers on the desk to wires hanging around, we got to get all yeah. that because people are looking at a screen and they're seeing every single detail. They see that, you know, your cat walks across the screen, right? You can't have that if you're an entertainer. They're looking for professionalism. They're looking for what they see on TV. But this is not TV. This is in people's homes and they can't control the pets and the sounds and the doorbell. So we have to work all that to shut it all out to provide a great experience. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Lots of laughs along the way. 
Sure, Brian, let's talk about the wedding industry, because I know that you, you're heading up the, uh, was the Ottawa Gatineau Wedding Association? Yeah, Ottawa Gatineau Wedding Industry Association. Yeah, I'm a board member, a founding member of it. So let's talk about the wedding industry. You know, how are some of the members of the association coping? Let's say you're a venue or a florist or anybody who is involved in the wedding industry. How are they adapting? I can only imagine the hassles that some of them have. Like you have a huge complex that's yeah. empty. Like our heart goes out to them. Some, so some have been hit really hard venues um, the most uh, the venues are the ones that are impacted the most they have buildings they have property taxes they have utilities they have um, supplies inside the building they have um, things that they've purchased whether it be cutlery or linen or uh, mechanical equipment in the building anything that they're all making payments on and then i then your revenue goes to zero and when people don't feel confident or comfortable hosting an event, whether that be a wedding or any other type of party inside the venue, well, there's no money coming in, but those bills still have to get paid. So, you know, venues were hurt the most and then it trickles down the line. It seems that the more successful you are in this business, the more you're impacted because you might have a building to house your equipment. So any larger company that's been really successful were the ones that were, you know, really challenged during this past year, including ourselves. I mean, we have a 4,000 square foot building that I'm sitting in right now in my office and these bills had to get paid every single month with very little revenue coming in. So um, now if you're a photographer or uh, and, and you can work from home and you don't have a studio, well then, you know, those bills aren't as much. You're not dealing with landlords, but you know, uh, each company is different. Decor was different. I know some decor friends that were really struggling because they had all this storage that they had to pay for and no money to pay the bills. So, and of course, all the storage places didn't aren't landlords, so they don't qualify for the rent subsidy, but they have rent. So it's a weird thing, right? Oh, I get rent subsidy, not for storage places, you don't. Oh no. So, you know, it's a very different uh, problem for everyone. Uh, the wedding industry, took on a lot of debt. They're gonna be paying it off for a very long time, um, but they are going to be here on the other side because they're all very dedicated individuals. So, and with the Ottawa Gatineau Wedding Industry Association, we formed that association to get the word out to uh, so that we could tell the province and tell our health officials what we as a wedding industry can do to operate safely in this environment. And that's what our mandate was, and to provide education and social events for the members. So we were trying to keep their spirits boosted, educate them, and then advocate for them. And we did a really amazing job over the last year. Government listened, our members felt supported, and uh, it's been a great uh, great venture from day one in last year in August. Now, the, the Ottawa Wedding uh, Get, uh, Industry Association, that is a direct result because of COVID. Is that right? Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So what happened was things were coming out last year in August. Um, people were having home weddings and we were still providing DJ services to home weddings, right? People would have it in their backyard or their mm -hmm. parents, you know, barn or something like that. And there wasn't any social distancing. There was no contract tracing. There was no restrictions. You know, if the 100 person capacity might be 110. And so, you know, we as a wedding industry, we're saying, okay, whoa, whoa, that, you know, you know, our people, our makeup artists, our DJ companies, our videographers, they're not safe when they go to these home locations and they're not following the rules. So we, as an association, we're telling the health officials and the government saying, look, you can't just allow private home weddings. I understand everybody loves private home weddings, but 
they're not taking the restrictions seriously enough. So we were advocating saying, look, keep it in the venues. The venues are responsible. They have contract tracing. They're going to have a floor plan. They're going to have people on staff that really care. They're going to make people wear their masks. So it was safer to follow um, the guidelines that we were suggesting than just let everybody have their weddings wherever and whenever they wanted. So that was one of the mandates and we continued to promote that. We also were very big on telling the province of Ontario and Quebec, uh, province of Ontario listened to us, was that stop making announcements on Friday afternoons. We have no time to adjust, right? You have a hundred person wedding on a Friday night and then one, one o'clock on Friday, uh, the restrictions are now down to 50 and they start today. We got to tell 50 people to, you know, who may be coming in, staying at a hotel. Yeah, you can't come tonight. Well, you know, thanks for your gift, put it in the mail, but you can't come to my wedding. So they were doing that on Friday. So they switched to Mondays. And then they were telling people, if they made announcements on a Friday, they'll take effect on a Monday. So, the, you know, there's venues that had a lot of food for 100, you know, and now they only had 50 people coming on a Saturday, still got paid for their food because the clients didn't want to pay for food for people that they didn't feed. But it was in the building. So that was what the association was doing, saying, look, you can't just make these, you know, decisions on a Friday afternoon because you want to get out for the weekend, all your messaging. So we were really good at that. And that really helped our members. And that was probably the biggest notice. Some people were saying, well, why are you waiting till, you know, announce it on a Friday and, and make it effective on Monday? It's because there was a lot of expenses that you put in the building. You, you bought linens, you bought, you know, or you rented linens, you paid for food, you had all sorts of things, drinks, everything was in the building but the numbers got reduced or canceled altogether. So the association was really good for that. It's amazing to see you all sort of band together in these crazy times, because theoretically there'd be competition and all sorts of other things to worry about normally, but in a state of sort of emergency, so to speak, I mean, it's really nice to see people coming together because there's so many industries that are affected differently, of course. And I understand that the government's trying to do what they can and do their best, but mm -hmm. we need that voice to be able to get that input back to them so that they understand how it's impacting people. I've had the pleasure of talking to a few restaurateurs and they were saying the exact same thing. They're like, well, we've got pre-bought food ready for meals that we've pre-booked for the weekend. And then all of a sudden they announced Friday at three o'clock. No, you can't have the restaurant open anymore. Yeah. So what do we do with all this food? We just lose it. And I mean, yeah. there's just no recourse for so many people with so many of these expenses. So, I mean, as much as these lockdown open, lockdown open is frustrating, but at least give us a bit of a chance, right? Correct. So you're, you're, you're hammering us as it is by locking us down and changing our numbers. And again, a lot of venues, you know, they're set up for larger weddings. So anything under 50 people, they lose. You're thinking, oh, well, you can still have a wedding for 50 people and have people in your building. We don't want them. Why? Because they're too small and I'm losing money when I host a wedding for 50 people because I still need all the same number of kitchen staff. I need, in fact, more people so that they, they're greeted at the front door and all the contract tracing. And I need more people to tell people what the restrictions are and to keep them apart. So I need more staff for 50 people. So it's costing me more money. So so it's really difficult. So these poor venues um, were going through really difficult times. The wedding planners were challenged because, you know, all of a sudden their wedding goes from 50 people down to 25 or, or it moves back up or it changes location because this venue is no longer doing weddings during this COVID period. And that happened with two or three venues here in Ottawa. They just said, yeah, no weddings this year. Oh, now you got to find a venue. So everybody was scrambling and the wedding industry did such an amazing job. Like 
they they were really rock stars when it came to working together and uh, you know being positive. So yeah, I've got to hand it to them. They were fantastic, and the association really helped them because we were one voice. If you know, if one company was you know sending emails to the government, you know they may not listen because it's one company. This is one opinion. But when you're an association, you're saying, look. These are what our members are telling us. And we represent a group of people here in the nation's capital that has a really strong message. And we took everybody's input and sent it directly to, you know, of course, uh, the province and the health officials here in Ottawa. And they were listening. So that was great. But one company doesn't make a dent. Uh, a one unified voice definitely does. So it was really good for us. Yeah. And what are you most excited about, Brian? I mean, let's put your forward thinking hat on. <laughs> Six months, a year from now, it's anybody's guess. It is. Um, you know, right now I can't wait for things to ramp back up. We're starting to see a little bit of um, what's happening in, in the province with the vaccines and around the country. And uh, we're starting to see some good news south of the border with what they're able to do with their vaccine schedule. You know, they're opening up and, you know, Manitoba has just recently uh, released their three-step Plan. So we're starting to see some hope that we are going to get back to being normal. It's going to take a little while, but I'm so excited for the day that I get my people back working. They're making money. People are partying. They're dancing. They're enjoying themselves. Or, you know, um, families are together again. I can't wait for that day. I mean, I miss my staff. They are the most wonderful people, hardworking, you know, and they're sitting on the sidelines. They want to, you know, produce great parties and they're just not doing it right now. And of course, they're suffering financially. So let's get them back to work. Let's get people celebrating. Let's get smiles on people's faces and let's get back to work. So that's what I'm excited about. And I'm starting to see a little bit of it. We're not there yet, but it's coming. Yeah, you know, Brian, as a full-time musician myself, I, I can't imagine when I'm going to be able to go up on stage and start playing my saxophone because it's a reed instrument. There's a little bit of spin coming out, not much, but just, you know, um, how are, are we even going to be able to come up on a stage and play with our bandmates on a stage with people dancing ten, three feet away from us? Not, I am hopeful that it'll, it'll, it'll be soon. Uh, it won't be soon enough, um, but I am doubtful that it will be in the next two or three months uh, for that type of, you know, there's, there's, there's two problems. First, the musicians that, that I work with, and Jared, you probably will, will say the same, it's the comfort level of getting up on stage to perform with other people while you're in an environment with other musicians, while they're also, you know, um, breathing in your area, right? And you're going, okay, well, you know, because you're not comfortable with it yet, right? And so, we, it's going to take some time. Uh, we reach out to a lot of musicians who are being requested for events and they're saying, no, not yet. I'm not ready to work again. You know, they're nervous. So we need the musicians and the entertainers ready to work. We need the, the people comfortable going to these events, whether they be weddings or, or uh, social events, holiday parties. So we, it's, it's, it's a confidence factor that's going to lead us back to uh, where we were before the pandemic. So yeah, it's going to take some time. But, you know, I uh, want to leave some time for Sean to ask some questions, but but I, I just love talking to you, Brian. Uh, <laughs> so let, let, let's talk about the people who are the anti-vaxxers. Like yeah. In the industry, the musicians, if you have a musician who's saying, you know, he used to work with quality often, yeah, yeah. I'm not getting the shot for XYZ reason. How, how would that work? You know, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, we don't at the present time have a... Um, 
have any policies in place where we are only going to work with certain musicians that have been vaccinated and looking for their vac- vaccination passport or anything like that. We're not we're not there yet. Uh, we I am positive and I'm hopeful that everyone will do their part and get their vaccines and so that we can all get back to work because the only way that we're going to be able to see our families and work together and have weddings and celebrate um, is if is everybody being safe and vaccinated. That's the only way. I had my shot. I sent an email out to my entire staff saying, hey, you know, I got it. My effects were fine. You know, just a little mild sore arm. And other than that, I was fine. So I'm trying to, you know, set an example, encourage people to do it because it's the only way that we're going to be able to celebrate Mm -hmm. and grieve. There are people who are losing loved ones and they can't even get together to do that service because people aren't vaccinated and therefore people are still getting sick. And that's a problem. So the only way we're going to get back to a normal life where we can celebrate and grieve is by, you know, being healthy and staying healthy. And that comes with vaccination. So it's a long road. Um, I hope people are going to watch the news and understand that life opens up if you get your vaccine and they do it as soon as possible. Yeah. One of my players I've been working with for years and, um, he got COVID, his whole family got COVID, and he was in ICU. Uh, wow. Hopefully we'll be coming out soon, but uh, it was touch and go for a while. It was very, very scary times, close to home. Well, you're, you know, when, the, when, it, when a year ago when it first started, you know, if you were to ask someone, I don't know anybody who's got COVID. Months and months went by, no one knew someone. And then you knew someone who knew someone, right? Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, you know somebody. And, and it became closer. And that's how it is now. I didn't, uh, six months ago, I didn't know anybody who had COVID personally. And now I know several people who've had it uh, very close to me. And um, and people in my life who I frequent with have it or had it. And, you know, it came close. I could have, you know, seen them because we were allowed to see people at one point. So right. it came that close to getting to my doorstep. So, you know, the only way that we're going to get out of this pandemic is when the vaccines are here, you just get in line, do do your thing for our country and uh, get your vaccine. So, you know, that's going to get us out of this. So, but- It's so nice to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, because like you said, say a year, year ago, even when we were a couple of months into the pandemic, there just seemed like no solution at all. It was terrifying because there was no vaccine, no cure, and it was just getting worse and worse and worse. So you can see it especially in some countries, just getting completely out of hand, which was terrifying. So seeing countries now like New Zealand and places that are pretty much back to normal uh, is pretty amazing to see and that we're headed in that direction. It's very exciting for everything, to be honest, but especially all the live interaction that all of us as humans need and have been missing so much. Do you see on the other side, sorry, Brian, I was just going to say, do you see on the other side, do you sort of gotten into some of the virtual stuff now. Do you see that continuing as a hybrid type of scenario to connect even more people to some of these events? So um, so I'm with Algonquin College's event management program and I'm on the advisory board. And about 15 of us got together about two weeks ago to talk about what is gonna be the future of this industry. And we had uh, some of the uh, the best minds in our city uh, from various uh, um, divisions of our industry, uh, trade shows. We've had weddings. We had conferences, conventions, venues. And every person had a different view and a different timeline as to when they will return to normal. Um, and some were three years down the road, conferences, conventions, which have large groups of people, 500,000 people. They see that coming back in 
2023, um, 2024, because uh, people need to make plans. They need to feel comfortable. They need to their uh, delegates, uh, their guests, everyone to feel comfortable coming to the event. On the local level, um, it's still going to take a little time. People will feel comfortable hosting weddings, um, but you know the older people may not feel comfortable attending. They'll the people will feel comfortable hosting them, but not everybody will feel like coming to them. So. It's going to take a little time for for the entire industry. It's not just going to be okay. Everybody's got their vaccine, turn the switch, um, and everybody just comes back. It's going to take a long time for things to trickle back. We'll go to restaurants. That's not a problem. We'll go to other events. That's not a problem. But large groups still makes a lot of people nervous. So uh, you know, if someone were to say, "Hey, our holiday party is uh, you know December, 150 people are going to show up," people may hesitate because again, if you someone still has COVID, well, you can wipe out your entire staff, right? All your all your working staff can just get sick. What did I do? What did I do? So people are still nervous. Um, I'm confident with the vaccines that, uh, you know, we're all going to get that we will be able to feel comfortable again very soon. I just don't know when that is. But every, every industry within uh, uh, the event and wedding industry will have their challenges as to when it comes back. Well, that's what I find to be such a challenge as we are getting towards what would be the end of this is because safe is such a variable word because, yes, everybody's vaccinated, so it's deemed safe by the government, say, um, but everybody's personal sort of feelings about it all and the last, the impact of the last sort of year to two years of what this is going to be like and how much residual is there. So like you said, there's going to be such a range of people who maybe some will be like, boom, I'm back and that's great. But there'll be so many thinking, well, is it truly safe? What if there's something else? Maybe I'll just stay away from big groups and things like that. So it's a scary thought to see how long this could still last, even when we've sort of fixed the immediate problem, right? Well, I, I talk to people and, and every person has their own comfort level. I feel quite safe. I do all the things that I need to do and I and I stay away from large gatherings and I'm following all the guidelines I possibly can, but I'm an entertainer. I'm an in-person guy. So I feel more comfortable when things uh, open up to, to be there for them, to MC events, to be on stage, to shake hands. I will feel comfortable doing that. Um, but there's a lot of people who maybe have underlining um, health issues that say, you know what? not ready yet. And uh, you can't blame them. They have to do what's in their best interest to stay healthy and stay out of the hospital. So it's going to take a little while. Um, I have family members that, you know, that don't have perfect health. So they're not going anywhere near any event that has a large gathering or restaurants for that matter, um, until they feel comfortable with um, the people that they're sitting with. So it'll take a little while, but uh, we're going to get there. That's the nice thing. I think what this is teaching most people and organizations, departments, municipalities, is the agility. Like when I think of the events management program at Algonquin College, right, I'm also on this advisory committee mm -hmm. talking about virtual events. That's right. Even large academic institutions are changing their direction. It's much easier for a small business, you know, a one person shop, 10 people, okay, here's the new direction, let's abide by it. But when you have an organization of thousands of people or a city, much more cumbersome to do it. But I think we are seeing that they, they have no choice mm -hmm. Because this is what the culture is telling us now. We have to. 
and you're right. And, uh, you know, that meeting that you and I were both in um, that day, you heard different groups saying, yes, uh, virtual is here to stay, um, but how much will it still be in our lives? And we had an audiovisual company, a major one, on the call as well. And he was saying that uh, virtual is here to stay, but but the prices are so high to do it because, again, it's like producing a mini TV show and people don't realize that there's so much content that has to go into doing it. Sure, you have your hosts, then you have scripts and then you have graphics on the screen and then you have role video and then you have all sorts of stuff that goes into a small little production that people don't see the before work and the after work. So, um, you know, and again, when you do it on site, you just show up and you do the event and you leave. But with virtual events, they add another component and that you have to be concerned about and add more cost. So for my clients, we're not going to have as many virtual events. I think it's going to calm down a little bit. Uh, they'll want to be in person. They'll want to do their uh, fundraisers in person and not virtually because um, they make more money that way. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be different depending on if you're a large association or a small little company. So it'll be good. I, I wonder yeah. going forward, uh, now that people are understanding what goes on behind the scenes for the AV, when, when your uh, quality entertainment does a huge conference, mm -hmm. huge these days might yeah. be 100 people, eventually 1,000. Yeah. When they see how seamless everything is through you guys, they realize that there's people in the back who do it, and uh, not everybody can accommodate that. <laughs> no, so last night we presented the wedding awards. So Quality Entertainment presented the wedding awards. And it took us four weeks to prepare the what what everyone watched for an hour. Uh, the graphics across the screen, the script and the teleprompter, the camera work, um, the PowerPoint slides, everything. And it took a month of working almost every day to produce a one hour show, one hour show. You know, the music, everything had to be edited and, and the volumes had to be corrected so everything was even. So people don't see that, they go, well, oh, it was an hour. Oh yeah, but it took us four weeks to prepare for it. So. You know, but and when you're building a client, they go, I don't want to pay that. I'm going, okay, well, the, the product won't be great at the end. It will not be good. So people are realizing that they have to spend the money. And then they realize, would you have charged me this money in person? Nope, not as much. So they want to go back in person. Mm -hmm. And then some people say, well, why don't you do a hybrid? On site, you do your live event for the people in the room. And then we'll, you know, we'll send it out virtually so people can stay home in their pajamas. But, well, that's great. But then ticket sales generate the revenue to pay for everything. And if people are at home, they expect it sometimes to be able to tune in for free. But how do you charge them? And then how, you know, so there's there's always this components of how to pay for things if people don't show up. So it's very different. So it's there's going to be a learning curve as we go forward, uh, you know, associations and companies trying to do a variety of different things virtually, online, in person to find out what works for them. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. Gonna be interesting, but for now, I mean, we're doing we're doing both. So uh, we still provide equipment for people doing in person events, small little. You know, we have a wedding ceremony coming up because they're allowed to have ten people. So we're gonna provide some sound for a wedding for ten people. So we're still doing in person, and we're also doing virtual. So uh, we're, we've got the best of both right now. Just not enough of either. So. <laughs> A little bit more would be nice. A little bit more. Bring it on. Bring it on. We're ready to go, and our team is ready. Well, that's it, right? And we're just waiting now for the vaccines to finally catch up with uh, our enthusiasm and everybody's readiness. And it's such a shame. I mean, in a perfect world, of course, we don't control any of this, but we'd be all set, ready for summer. But, I mean, mm -hmm. I think 
realistically, that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, at least we can look to next summer as being hopefully our first close to normal summer, or at least, yeah, as close as we're going to get to one. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many nonprofit and charity organizations and fundraisers that have been sitting on the sidelines, um, uh, golf tournaments. Think about how many golf tournaments are in this city or in every city that raises money for charity right through the silent auction tables and live auction tables and and uh, fees that they pay, you know, and none of that money is being generated. Um, because the golf courses are too busy and you can't get 100 people, 144 people together, for example, to, to participate in a golf tournament. So therefore, those people aren't on site to buy the silent auction items, to, to do the live auction. And so all these charities are making money, you know, and, uh, and it's really hard for them to survive. And we need to get back to that. We need to raise money for them. We need to start doing things for the people in our community who are the most vulnerable. And uh you know, they've been they've been without any fundraising for the last year and a half because some are just not big enough or have a database big enough to do virtual events. They rely on in-person events. We all got to get back and do our share to uh, to help these organizations. You know, speaking of uh, everybody doing their share, what can the community do to help? Just be understanding, I think, right now. Uh, I mean, the government, all levels of government are doing the best they can. I mean, you know, if you're a small business, everybody wants more. We want more grants. We want more loans. We want more. Uh, we want the wage subsidy to continue. We want all that, right? So that's 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 obvious. Um, but sometimes it's just listening to us. Uh, you know, we have our up, up days and down days emotionally because, you know, some days you have to pay bills and you don't have the money. And sometimes a little bit of money comes in and, you know, and you feel a little bit better. But just understanding and support and um, just being there to listen to a small business owner or, you know, or someone who works for a small business um, just to understand what they're going through. You know, we had to lay off so many people here. And I spoke to one of my employees uh, who has now gotten another job just before I walked in and uh, got on this call um, because we still miss these people, right? And they're still kind of struggling with their new life. So just be understanding, I think, is the most important. And just, you know, understand that if the government goes into a little bit of debt right now, that it's necessary to keep really good quality, viable businesses from uh, defaulting, going bankrupt, and not coming back. So please understand that we need your support. Uh, we'll once we get back on our feet, we will generate lots of revenue that goes into healthcare, education. But you can't let any business uh, uh, go bankrupt. You got to support them and uh, and whatever it takes. We as a strong country will get back on our feet, pay down the debt, but you can't let businesses suffer. So support your local business. That's really important to me. And so we th thank you for the uh, chat about what the community can do. What about for those in the entertainment industry? Like some words of wisdom for your peers, Brian. Yeah. Think outside the box. Add something to every event um, and support live music, support entertainers, uh, whatever it might be. These entertainers have been, you know, full time in their business and doing a great job at it. And then all of a sudden it's pulled out from underneath them. They they would do uh, lessons like piano lessons or saxophone lessons or anything like that. Right. They do all those and they can't do them in person right now. So all that revenue, all those sales for them got pulled out. So, you know, get back to doing those things, the singing lessons, everything. 
go to your local pub when it opens up and it has live music and pay for it and tip the guy. You know, do those small things. If you're having a wedding, get live music for your ceremony. Get a DJ, get a band, do all that. Hire as much as you possibly can and afford, you know, to get these people back up and running, paying down their debts and, uh, and you know, just being positive and happy, uh, you know, would, would really go a long way. So yeah. I, I, I love hearing this because... Ottawa is known as a government town. A lot of people in government, if not all, have kept their full pay during all this. But as a small business owner, we don't have insurance. We don't have benefits or health care or sick leave. I mean, many of us anyways. Mm -hmm. And spreading that around to keep the small businesses alive. That's a very good point. It is. My my wife uh, is a federal employee. So, um, you know, so I know exactly what it's like. She's gone to work every single day and and uh, but she understands what uh, what it's like to have someone who's a small business owner because she has myself. And of course, her daughter is a makeup artist. So she knows what it's like to have two small business owners, you know, struggle with no sales, uh, you know, mental health when you're you know, you're up and down. So she's she's watched it. But again, it's, it's hard. You know, sometimes I do have to explain to her a little bit more of what it's like, because when your paycheck is not affected, it's hard to understand, you know, yeah. uh, what we're actually going through. You know, like my paycheck has been cut, you know, into a third of what it used to be. Now, pay your bills, you know, on a third of what you used to earn based on and you still have your car payments. You still have your house insurance. You still have your car insurance. You still have gas. You still have all those expenses that you have to pay your membership fees and a variety of different things, obligations that you have to make every year. And yet your paycheck has been cut by a third. Well, some days you're not, you know, you don't feel so good. But uh, the people like my wife, who are government workers and, and the teachers and anybody who has been able to keep their job, I've seen really great support. But, uh, you know, there can always be more because if there's two people who have not lost their job in the same household, it's hard to understand. You've mm -hmm. been restricted. You've been told to stay home. And that's OK. And I understand that, that that's a restriction. Mm -hmm. But when it affects your paycheck, that affects your mental health when you, sure. you know, and and. So we just need people to be understanding a little bit more and just for a little longer. That's all. Boy, I wish my paycheck was cut by a third. I, I experienced a hundred percent revenue drop. No, down to a third. Done. Um, no, my paycheck was cut down to a third. Oh, I oh. <laughs> yeah. A down to a third, down to a third, two thirds of it is gone. So okay. yeah. Yeah. So, wow. and yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a different story. So, uh, and that's uh, thankfully, uh, again, I, I thank Canada. The wage subsidy has, uh, has allowed us to continue with that amount. So the wage subsidy has been very helpful um, to our company and, and we're grateful to Canada for continuing it. We need it to go a little longer. Uh, you ask, what can people do? That is something support the wage subsidy because I have said that the, uh, a wedding and events industry is going to be more like a hurricane long after it's, you know, it's blown through the countryside and it's no longer on the news. You know, we in this industry are still going to be picking up the pieces and putting them back together. We're going to be showing wonderful things on the news and everybody having a great time. But the wedding industry that picked up the debts and the event industry that are still paying down the loans and the ones that are still waiting for business to, to come back, we're still going to be here, but we're not going to be on the news anymore. And but that's the hurricane. It's blown through our countryside, through our industry. And now we have to wait for it to be all repaired. But um, you won't hear about it anymore. So, Unfortunately, uh, that's, that's a good analogy. 
Mm -hmm. It is. Well, you know, when, you know, they're still picking up the pieces from Katrina, you know, and uh, the tsunami. And uh, yet, uh, you know, it's not on the news. We won't even think about it. It's devastation that we don't want to talk about. We want happier news. But they're still picking up the pieces. They're still putting back, you know, some of the roads and some of the infrastructure. Well, the wedding and event industry is going to have the same problems. You know, we're going to be off the news, and but we're still going to be having our challenges. The repercussions so, for years. Yeah. For sure. For many years. You know, the debts don't get paid down overnight. So it was already already a tough industry for the restaurants and the events. You know, it's not a huge profitable business, but it's one that we love and we're passionate about. So we just, you know, but it's not overly profitable. We don't make oodles of money. We wish we did, but we don't. We do it because of the love of the industry. And so it's going to take us a little time to pay down those debts because the margins were small to begin with during the best of times. Now it's, we're building it back up. So and of course, all of our clients have disappeared and, you know, maybe they won't host certain parties anymore. So we don't know. We don't know what the future is going to be like, but we're we're hopeful that it's going to get back here soon. Sure. Sean, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, Brian, I just want to thank you for joining us. It's so nice to see different perspectives of this scenario because, I mean, there's so many different industries that have been impacted, of course, but very few as badly as yours. So, I mean, it's nice to see that people are still sort of treading water during this last phase and raring to go because it's hard as a business owner, period, to stay positive and enthusiastic when time and time again, you start to feel that sort of start and then you get a new lockdown or something else happens or whatever. So we've had so many false starts as we think we're getting out of this that hopefully this is the real thing and we're really on our way, right? Well, we're in the hardest hit industry, right? Tourism, social events. That's that's what the first thing that got closed down. Stop getting together. You know, what's going to be the last thing that's going to open is the things that allow us to get together. You know, opening up our museums, um, opening up for weddings, opening up for corporate events, conferences. So it was the first to close, the last to open. So there, there, there's a long period of time in between that. And think about it. Tell, you know, any business owner, hey, guess what? You're not going to have any revenue for about a year and a half or two years and uh, and see how business goes from there, right? So it's it's been a challenging time for our industry, but it's resilient, strong. We are ready to go and uh, we'll, we'll get her back going. So I have no doubt. I think the big upside too for your industry is that you have been missed so desperately by every single person. So I think once it is safe, the enthusiasm should hopefully flood the gates. Well, the problem we have, you know, we've heard that line as well. And, uh, and you're right, Sean, um, that, uh, you know, it's going to come roaring back. Uh, unfortunately, there's only so much supply that we have, right? Like a banquet hall that has one banquet hall on a Saturday night was busy pre-pandemic. It can only host one event on that Saturday night, right? So it comes back to being busy, but they're still busy. So it's not like, well, they can do two events in their one hall, right? You know, Jared, with your uh, musicians, right? You can only do one event per night. Well, it's, you know, you could have three requests, but you can only do one. So it's not like you can build back the money as quickly, but because of really high demand. So that's why it's still going to be a long process for the wedding and event industry and the musicians, because we can only do so much. Restaurants were packed before the pandemic, Having packed restaurants now just returns them to where they were. Doesn't make them more packed. Doesn't make them, you know, more profitable. They can only put so many people in that restaurant. So 
going to take us a little while, but we'll get there. But uh, yeah. that's our problems that people won't understand in our industry that we can only we only have so much to offer. Restaurants can't double in size to pay back what they spent in the last year to stay alive. So um, just go back, support them, get out there, have a beer, go to happy hour, you know, go to the weddings, uh, you know, tip well. You know, I cannot say that enough. Tip everybody, tip a little bit more. If you were lucky to keep a job, you know, spend a little bit more on local business than you would have and uh, and tip everybody more than you uh, would in a regular time period. So, yeah, sure. Do it. sure. Actually, um, Brian, how can uh, somebody get in touch with you? So I'm available all the time at my email at brian at qualityentertainment.ca. Our website where you can see in-person and virtual entertainment is www.qualityentertainment.ca. Well, and of course, we're on much. Facebook, Instagram. We've got them all. So we're, we're everywhere you need us to be. <laughs> thank you, Brian. So at this time, I'd like to thank our guest, Brian Henry from Quality Entertainment on the Pivoted Success podcast hosted by Sean Cochran from TCC Canada and myself, Jared Goldsmith from ESAC's Virtual Events. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it.